Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. A podcast looking back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. I'm Heather. And I'm Jonathan. And we are your co-hosts. This podcast is part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. Hey guys. So we're back today. We have two special guests with us. Um, we're having an, an interview session today with... Uh, Brad and Erica Bronze. So these are some some friends of mine's uh, local congregational leaders here in the the DFW area, um, and they've got a good amount of experience working with youth in youth ministry and you know kind of all around ministry, right? And you know leading congregation and and serving people for for years now. So we wanted to invite them on. Um, they they had some some uh, material they wanted to, to talk to us about regarding uh, Paul and Timothy and how that relates to youth ministry. And of course, this is the First Century Youth Ministry podcast, so it's quite apropos for us. Um, so thank you both for, for coming on, and um, I'll let you introduce yourselves, and then we can kind of get right into it. Well, thank you very much. Um, uh, thank you all for having us here. And um, like you said, um, Brad Bronze, Erica Bronze, um, we are um, both uh, pastors and youth pastors for a Hebraic Family Fellowship in the DFW area. And um, we've um, only recently been ordained as pastors, but we've uh, been pastoring the church for a little over a year now. Yeah. And we Great. work with youth all over the country in youth camps and youth ministries. And we lead a youth group here locally as well. So we, we uh, love working with the youth. That's awesome. I have an important question. Are you cowboy fans? <laughs> um, I'm not as much of a team fan as I am a player fan, so I don't stick to any. Sp- I was raised a gotcha. Cowboys fan my entire life, huh. but yeah, it's it's been a rough like 30 years so. <laughs> for sure. Yes, I I well, only ask because on my side of the family. <laughs> what was that, Erica? Say it again. I've kind of inherited that on my side of the family. Like my family would disown me if I wasn't a Cowboys oh. fan. So even though I don't keep up with them, I like have to say that I am. <laughs> I see. Just just for the preservation to be in your family. Wow. That's, exactly. Yeah. That's legit. Well, I mean, it's easy for everybody to be a Rangers fan right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Very true. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. I'm just wondering if you all were. So yeah, well, but welcome to the show and welcome Dallas Cowboy fan-ish and Dallas Cowboy fan because I have to be. So welcome. <laughs> all right so uh we'll get right into it then um so timothy paul's letter to timothy kind of that um is kind of what uh what we're wanting to look at today so let you guys get into you know for the the listeners first of all why paul's words to timothy are relevant and then kind of where that leads from from there okay yeah um, so we actually just got done with a full study. Uh, we went through every chapter of First and Second Timothy with the church, um, not just with the youth, but with with the congregation itself. Um, we think that having that, uh, seeing that relationship with Paul and with Timothy, uh, we we understand that uh, Timothy, whenever we see him at first in Acts sixteen, and Paul is taking him, and you know everybody knew that his parents were. You know, his mom was Jewish, but his dad was a Greek. And so they he knew in order to be able to have him with them so that they wouldn't have any complaints, he had to go take him and get him circumcised. And we see that he takes this disciple and takes takes him on 
and Timothy follows him, and we see his trips all through Asia, and um, and we get to see him finally being deposited there in Ephesus um, as a pastor. Now he was a young; he was either in his late teens or early twenties when he started his his mission with Paul. Um, probably in his late or in his uh, sorry early to mid thirties as a pastor in Ephesus, um, but we get to see. Paul teaching him and showing him, these are the things that you need to say. These are the things you need to do. This is how you need to lead a congregation. Don't let anybody despise your youth. You know, instead of that, teach them, you know, show them who you are, show them that you are skilled, that you are learned, that you are knowledgeable. And he he taught him to have confidence in who he was and how to respect people and how to respect people around him, but also how to, um, divert the church away from heresies and away from uh, a lot of the things that were plaguing the church in those early days. And um, and, and even though Timothy is a, a pastoral epistle, I think that there's a lot that we can see uh, for youth today, because I think that a lot of times, uh, kind of like um, when we were talking earlier, like you had uh, alluded to, is that we we do despise the youth. We we do kind of look down on them. Same thing, you know, as 2,000 years ago as we do today is we kind of look down on people just because they're not old enough, they're not qualified enough, they're not, you know, they're not mature enough. So we're just kind of like, okay, we're going to kind of put you in the background. When you're old enough, then yeah, you can definitely join in and help out. And it's a completely different culture, right? Like you look at first century, you look at the the pastoral letters, and it was normal at that time for them to take disciples that were around that age. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were going to follow, you know, and do as they were taught. And mm-hmm. here in our culture, in our current culture in Western society, we tend to just take the youth and say, okay, go meet at youth group on Wednesday nights or whenever mm-hmm. and then, you know, that's when you're going to have fun. That's when you're going to do all these different things. And it's all about entertainment. Right. And uh, then they get to regular church and it's like, well, I'm bored. <laughs> sure. And so um, I think it's important that we that we give them the opportunity to, to serve. Yeah. You know, and at our congregation, half of our worship team is led by teens. Uh, Jonathan's visited before. It's It is half of our worship team team is teens. Um, we involve them in service. We actually had an all youth led service last, I believe it was October, November, um, all youth led from the welcome to, we do the Shema to the prayer to, um, all of worship to ending everything, like saying the blessing at the end over everyone. We did all youth led. And so they Mm -hmm. all volunteered, they got together and it was great. It's, it's great for them to be able to step into those positions and know that we value them. Yeah. yeah and that's sure. what we try to do. Yeah, and I, and I think that there's a lot of things that teens or young people, young adults and, and teens, they can bring to the table. I mean, here I am. I'm, I'm 48 years old. You know, I'm, I'm getting up there. And there's a lot of perspectives that, you know, I don't see from today's generations. Um, and, and there's a lot of things that I think that, you know, just as whenever I was a teenager when I was young, when I was first called, you know, when I was 16 years old, I had thoughts and ideas and things that would, I thought would definitely help to enrich the church, to enrich the the, the body that I was a part of. 
but I was looked at as I was young. Matter of fact, I remember my pastor telling me, he said, well, if you want to dress like me and do your hair like me, then you can be a part of the ministry. Oh, snap. And I was just like, (laughs) yeah. And I was just like, okay, but that's not how, you know, I don't dress like you and I don't. So I'm, I felt like immediately I was being excluded just because I didn't look the part or dress the part. My hair wasn't done right. Or, you know, I had spiky hair back then. So, you know, it wasn't, um, it, it, so it, it immediately made me feel lesser because I didn't look the part that I was told that I had to look. And, and I think that that's just something that, you know, and, and that wasn't the first time I'd ever I heard that. There was another time that another guy told me, you know, well, if you're not wearing a suit and a tie, then you can't do, you can't preach the gospel. And I was like, uh, God, you know, people can hear me. People can hear me. And I think that that's the mistake we make a lot of times is these young people have a voice. Sure. And their generation will hear them, not just their generation. People will listen to them. We see people leading and we see musicians and all of these people who lead and People will listen if we just, you know, we got to give them a chance to do that, though. And we encourage them over and over, read your Bible, get in your Bible, yeah. get, you know, and then and then they read something and they're excited about it, but they they don't have a platform to really share it. And mm-hmm. so, like, with our youth group is we've actually had, okay, a youth-led teaching. Like, show us what you've learned. Teach us so that we can talk mm-hmm. it out. Yeah, sometimes they get things a little bit wrong. That's okay. It's like, hey, I know you see it this way, but here's how we see, you know, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just working those those things out with each other and knowing that you do have a voice. Like God's revealing things to you too, and we want to hear it. Yeah, and, and young people are eager to serve. They yeah. really are. They're, okay. they're eager to jump in. Um, some people, they need to be, you know, prodded along a little more than others. But I, I, I see that a lot. And especially, you know, the young people that we have at our congregation, it's um, you got to give them the choices. You got to give them the options and they'll they'll jump in. They'll do it. So um, they're great. like Yeah, that. that's that's really neat what you guys are sharing there, because as I'm sitting here thinking as you're talking and the importance of allowing young people to have opportunity to serve. But it creates a bit of a an uneasiness, I think. And I'd love to hear what you think about this and how you maybe you've overcome some of these hurdles. Is that it creates a messiness? Um, it creates, um, you know, you're you're giving kids who are still learning, still growing, opportunity to take leadership roles that they might kind of screw up on. It might not look all that great. They might miss a note or two when they're playing the guitar. They might trip over their words when they're giving a sermon or whatever the case may be. So, you know, how have you helped uh, congregation members kind of overcome some of those hurdles of, you know, church has to look really professional, if you will. Right. I I think one of the biggest things that you can do for youth is to actually pair them with mentors, um, people who can show them and teach them. Um, We have an adult who leads our worship, but you know, then we have others, you know, younger people who join in. And what he does is he actually teaches them and he shows them and instructs them, you know, and if they're doing something wrong during it, or if they get something wrong, he encourages them. He doesn't just, he doesn't, you know, just throw it in their face or anything like that. If they get embarrassed by something they do, and and they're very vocal with those things like, oh no, I messed up. And he encourages them in those things. You know, we've, we've got another young person who runs our sound for us, you know, a young adult that runs our sound for us. And 
And, you know, and it, it's one of those things that, again, he's young and everything. And he'll, I'll be look, I'll look back there and he's on his phone, just, you know, you know, taking pictures or doing stuff, you know, all these things. And, and it's just one of those things afterwards, you know, you got to love on them and then say, Hey, you know, okay, let's focus. We got We got to bring it back when we need to focus on what's going on and, and, and make sure that you're an example as well. But it's all about being, you know, pairing people and uh, with others who can mentor them in what they're doing. And if they're called to teach, then, you know, it's getting them with somebody who can show them what that means and what it means to actually lead. Well, and I think those are opportunities for to show them grace. Yeah. I mean, as adults, we mess up too. You know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be in the middle of something and, oh, something happened to my laptop. Oh, my notes. Oh, you know, that kind of thing. And and that's kind of the beauty of the gospel is God working through humanity in a lot mm-hmm. of ways to share the gospel with everyone. Mm-hmm. And so to, to let these youth know that, yes, mistakes are going to happen in life and in running the service. Um, and it's going to be okay. You're going to get through it. It's going to be perfectly fine. Yeah. Sure. Well, and it's not it's not unlike parenting in that regard too. I mean, how do, how do your kids learn to apologize, right? right? Because apologizing is not a natural thing that we do unless we think it gets us out of getting in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Like I never hear my kids apologize to each other first right off the bat unless that one's going to tell on them, right? Then it's, I'm sorry, right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> right? So and it's the same thing. It's like, well, how do you respond and how do you learn? how to respond. And so when you're talking about, you know, being in this position or, or serving in one capacity or another, or, you know, if you're the, the 14 year old who's playing guitar for their second, you know, service, uh, ever, uh, and mm-hmm. you, and you mess up, like, how do you, how do you learn how to move forward? You have to have that modeled somewhere, right? right? You have to be able to see that to emulate it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so I just it sounds that, like you guys have, you know, you understand it, you get it, but for, you know, for churches, I'm just thinking of youth leaders who are listening, who are sitting here going, this is great for you guys, but I don't know if my church would ever be okay with something like this, like allowing kids to lead on a sunny morning or something like that. You know, what what ways have you found that has kind of um, uh, shown people that, hey, this is a good thing? Like, um, like been an advocate, right? Like how do you yeah. help the youth leaders advocate for this in their own congregations, right? <laughs> So something huge that we do, we're very youth focused. I mean, we, we're very much in our executive pastor. He's been working with youth for a really long time. Great guy, Pastor Brian Serrano. He's been working with youth for over a decade or so. And he's always been very much a great mentor in this, where he says that these teenagers aren't the next generation. They're the now generation. Mm. And we're not going to be, we're not ever going to apologize about that. And so our congregation knows from the front, from the pulpit, you know, senior pastor, executive pastors, we support the youth. When we go to a youth camp, we're always going to give them and provide them an opportunity in service to give a testimony. What happened? What is God doing in your life? We give them that voice. And so for all of our, our congregation just knows that that is something that is going to happen. We're very unapologetic about it. Um, and that they can learn a lot from youth, you know, like, mm-hmm. yes, we should be discipling youth. We should be discipling new converts and everything. But at the same time, some of this older generation, they can learn a lot from the youth. Yeah, sure. And I think part of helping the congregation understand that is just being a voice and letting them have that platform and knowing mm-hmm. that this is going to continue to happen because this is the generation. They are the now generation. 
Yeah. You know, and, and for, you know, our contemporaries who would, who would say my, our church would never allow that to, you know, if, if you're a youth pastor saying, you know, well, my church would never let the youth lead a service or, you know, let the youth get up and do something. Uh, my challenge would be to start talking about it, start letting it be a thing, start letting the youth do stuff at, at youth group, start letting them take control, let, start letting them lead some things, you know, let them teach, let them, let them have a voice, let them, let them be seen and then invite the pastor to see this because when the yeah. pastor sees that the youth are actually doing things, that the youth are actually um, leading the way and that they're leading the charge to make their voices, you know, to to make the people of their generation see what they're saying, to to reach out to them, to to be um, a, an ear, to be a mouth, to be you know, to be the body that God has called us to be. When they see those things, then I think the pastors are going to be much more likely to go, okay, I see what's going on here. I like, and that. I think that that's really going to be whenever we really start to see um, that that whole dynamic start to change. I really like that, that idea of start with youth group and then invite your senior pastor or your other church leadership and say, Hey, look what these kids are doing. And you know, that can potentially kind of soften hesitations from those who might feel a little bit hesitant about kids kind of taking the lead on stuff. And, you know, I can say from personal experience as well, I, I used to do youth Sunday at my church and, and those are some of the most spiritually rich times. Because kids were doing the message, they were they did everything, and and uh, man, we really saw the Lord move in those moments, and the church congregation was encouraged. And uh, if if that's something that people can do out there, I would encourage just as Brad and Erica have to make that happen within your church congregation, yeah. because not only does it encourage the older congregants, but the kids are like, "Wow, like, look how God used us! This is so cool!" And you can tell that there's a um, a desire to want to see that happen again. The, the only other thing that I would say is if, if you've if you've never you know looked up in either a, a Bible dictionary or a commentary or even just Google carefully um, how old yeah. the disciples were when they were selected to be disciples, right? Um, if you haven't done that, then go do that people because you want to talk listen. about you know the 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 impact of youth, right? Yeah, yeah or people can listen like, to our episode on was Jesus a youth pastor? Look that one up. And you can learn all about it right there. Yes. You don't there even you have go. to Google search. You can just listen to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's true. We got to make sure that this that, that ranks really high when people do Google it. Just show you know brings them back That's here right. anyway. That's right. So That's right. all right. Um, I think that that pretty much wraps it up. Um, thank you guys. Uh, a bunch for for coming and, and joining us and, yeah. and talking about this again. I, I figured this would be quite relevant because this is kind of what we do here. So um, sure. thanks again. Thanks thank you guys. so much for having us. Uh, definitely, thank you so much. We appreciate it being here. Enjoyed it. <laughs>